In this daily cyber, I'm going to talk about scammers and scams that are going on through the internet and just the experience I just had uh, just yesterday. So let's hack at it. Okay, so in today's podcast, we're going to talk about scammers and the and the scams that go on on the internet through uh, any browser, website, anything along that line, messaging, uh, text messaging, social media messaging, uh, WhatsApp app, just trying to think what else, Skype, you name it, like all these different types of, you know, you know, phishing attacks, uh, sims uh, that where they're sending you information. I'm just trying to think of the other uh, processes, but let me kind of talk about what happened to me yesterday. So one of the referral, the networking sites, I think it's called a key referral. Uh, I was on it yesterday. I got a message saying that someone wanted to contact me about referrals, sending me referrals. I'm like, okay, you know, it sounds interesting. And then they said they had a business opportunity. So right there for me, it's a red flag. Anytime someone tells me they have a business opportunity, I know 99% of the time it's some sort of scam. It's some sort of get rich from either get rich quick scheme to it's actually some sort of malicious scam that they're trying to fish for some information from me. So this guy's telling me, you know, he wants to contact me. He's from a, he's got uh, this business opportunity. His name was Abdul, and it was a long uh, continuation of his name. Uh, and then he was telling me it's something important. He wants to send me a proposal. So I started to already, you know, filter this out. I said, look, you know what? Uh, unless this is a valid, you know, business opportunity or something that you really want to talk about that is in the cybersecurity space, anything on that line, I, I really appreciate your time. But I'm not interested. No, no. And he turns around. No, no, no. This is something very important. You need to see this. So I'm like, okay, send it to me in plain text. Well, no. Can I send it to you in your email? No. I answered right away. No. You send it through this portal that only accepts text. No documents, no anything. Just send it to me through here. Uh, Even just a brief description of what it is. And then I'll see if I'm interested or not. He goes, no, I can't send it to you. It's a long document, whatever that may be. I need to send it to you uh, via uh, email. I'm like, okay, so sorry, I'm not interested. You know, please, you know, uh, please don't send me any messages. I'm just not interested. So trying try to be polite because I don't know who this guy is and don't know if this is really a business opportunity or, you know, networking or what, what it may be. But, you know, just kind of leave it at that. So then... All of a sudden, I start getting these messages on Skype. Well, he's not part of my contacts. I don't know how he got my Skype ID, but he found me online and through Skype, and he started to contact me. So he started to call me. So I'm declining the message, declining the message. So finally, I open up Skype, message him back, kind of uh, approve his message, because now I want to find out what this guy's talking about. So I said, okay, Abdul, what is this about? Send, Send me the plain text information here. And I said, look telling him, look, my company blocks any files, any documents, so I will not receive them just to let you know. So he starts sending me documents and I delete them right away. Delete, delete, delete. And I'm like, sorry, I can't see them. They're the My company's removing them. So what I'm basically doing is protecting myself just in case there's any malicious um, code, anything in these documents that when I open up, it executes. So I'm not taking the chance. So from there, he sends me this, you know, 
two, three paragraph about a, a family member that's passed away, that he's the CEO of the bank. We've all heard this scam. Uh, and then there's $26,700,000 in U.S. funds. It's available to me, but all he needs me to do is these couple things, fill out some information. So I'm like, okay, you're wasting my time this much. I'm going to mess with you now. So I said, you know what? I'm really interested in it. I'm, I, I want to move forward with this, uh, but let me get my, my, lawyer, my lawyers and my financial advisors involved. Uh, just so you know, you have to send me a retainer for my lawyers and everything of, of $250,000 because they're really expensive and they want to do some investigation. They might have to actually fly down to the bank, you know, just kind of drawing out this story, right, of what they need to do. So he goes, uh, no, uh, we can't do that. Well, I'm like, well, you're the C of the bank. You know, don't you have a discretionary funds that to be able to do this? Because, you know, you're in his write up in his paragraph. One of the statements was that when if we do this together, I will get 50 percent of the endowment right, or the claim. Uh, and then I change that 50% and I'll talk about that after, but he'll get 50%. So I was pushing that the bank, you're, you're the CEO of the bank. Like you have uh discretionary funds to be able to do this. $250,000 is nothing compared to what you, you manage in a bank. Uh, and I just, just kept adamant about this. I said, look, you just send me a certified check. You've got my, my business address. You already have that already. You've sent, you found it online. Just send it to me there. Uh, I'll get my bank and my, my lawyers to validate everything. And they'll, they'll do the, they'll work with your lawyers and get everything completed. No, no, no. I need you to send me this information. And he's like, first name, last name, uh, email address, mailing address, date of birth, social insurance number, like just everything, driver's license, photocopies of everything. And I'm like, uh, you know, that's great. I love to do that. Uh, my lawyers will take care of that, but I need you to send me this. And so I continued this for probably about a day to a uh, day and a half of continuing it. Then you could see he was getting frustrated. So I was like, you know what? Uh, just because you can't, you can't pay the retainer for my lawyers. I can't continue this because, you know, this could be considered illegal and, you know, it can be considered, you know, over $10,000 can be considered money laundering. Uh, if you're not going to go through the proper channels, as you know, from the CEO standpoint, then there's nothing I can do. I can't be part of a criminal activity. Uh, sorry, you know, I wish you all the best. So I left at that, and then also he contacted me one more time saying, look, you're holding this up. I said, look, you understand the process. You're, you're a CEO of a bank. You understand like money transfer certifications, You know how the money has to be certified and, and, and validated. And I went through this whole kind of process of, of things that have to be done, checks and balances. And eventually he just said, look, you know what? You don't want to do this. That's fine. You're going to lose out on the money. I said, what money? I said, there is no money. Right? There's no money. There's no $250,000. There's no $26 million. There's no money. Right. And unless you can, we can validate and prove it. There is no money. And then, so he got pissed off and then he stopped, stopped contacting me. So then I blocked him and just kind of moved on. Now, something I'm going to add on, uh, as we were going through the negotiations, um, what I was doing was I was telling him each time he asked me a question or changed the process, I, I reduced his percentage and increased mine. So at one point, I think it ended up being I was going to get 95% and he was only going to get 5%. And then when he finally at the end, I think he was getting 1% and I was getting 99% of the money. And he wasn't happy about that. And I said, look, you know, just because of all the process and everything I have to go through, you know, you're not, you're not helping in this situation. You're making it actually harder and more difficult because as the CEO, you have these discretionary funds and we should be able to go through this process and the funds that I, uh, the 
resources that I have to bring on to this case and to do this. And I just was dragging this out. I share that with you in that scenario, not advising that you do the same or even waste your time. I'm advising you of what people are doing. So we've got people are away on vacation and there's some medical emergency contact them now now oh my god they need to have emergency surgery Con- like there's no time to wait go to the bank or most of them are actually asking people to go to like the local store and get gift cards and uh what is it called yeah gift cards or shopping cards <coughs> so for example they'll ask you to get like uh an amazon gift card or something along that line that they can use and flip over and, you know, and you have to get, you know, $250 and 10 of those or whatever that may be. Right. Or, you know, they're asking you to give some form of identity. So you've got people are away on vacation. There's an emergency. You've got a family member has passed away, you know, an inheritance that you don't know. Uh, you've got, you know, the financial scams of CRA, IRS, depending on where you are in Canada, you are uh, the United States, where they're calling and saying, look, you know, you owe us money. We're a detective from uh, one of these agencies and what we need to come in, you know, seize your property. We're going to have a warrant out for your arrest. We're going to take your children away from you and just put you in a fear state. I advise you of all of these so that what happens is first and foremost you're aware of them you're aware of okay what are the situations and the scenarios second all what are they doing so first and foremost they're recording your information they're trying to get for identity theft they're trying to get it for to be able to utilize your information even when you're looking at uh, speaking to them on the phone do not speak to them hang up don't say uh, don't say a word you know how can i help you Right. And then from there, if they go, it's some sort of scam that we're talking about right now. Hang up. Don't say a thing. The reason why is a lot of them are starting to record the calls. Uh, I know the one on the Skype when he called me, he called me a few times. I didn't answer. And I called and then I answered once later on through the process. And what I found out was, is that I could hear this clicking. I could hear this thing going on, which I would assume. And now I don't know for sure for this scenario, but I know they do this is that they're starting to record the calls and then they're taking an audio, uh, digital audio, uh, software or workstation. And they're actually editing what you say to answer questions. So they'll ask you questions that you'll say yes. And then you'll say your name and then you'll say your information or whatever that may be. And when they're recording it, so what happens if they call your service provider and I'm going to use, uh, let's use Rogers, uh, and I've, I've heard this happen to Rogers uh, several times is they'll call and they'll say, they'll use your voice, right? Hi, this is Brandon. And then the agent will say, uh, can you confirm some information for us? And you'll say, and they'll put yes. And then they'll go, they'll keep going forward with the conversation. And then they'll ask, what's your date of birth? And then you boom, they'll hit, hit you, you saying that your date of birth and then you saying your address and you saying this, right? And validating that information because that's why they're asking for all this when the scammers are asking for all this information over the phone is because they're recording it so they can utilize it later. So highly, highly recommend is that if you get a call, you get a text, you get an email and you don't know who it's from um, and a lot of the times, and then here's one of the scenarios. 
or situations right across the board, not one scenario, but a situation across the board. A lot of the times when they get people is when you're at your distracted, most distracted state. So meaning you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, you just wake up, you just finished work, something's happened, you answer the phone, you go, hello. And then you go, what? Who's this? And then you start going this conversation and they start asking you questions and they start putting you into kind of this confused state. That's when they get these people, majority of the ones they're getting right now that are not aware of certain uh, situations. For example, the CRA uh, scenario, uh, when they're asking from the police from the the Canadian Revenue Agency, there's the detectives. Well, I talked to a few people that were immigrants, right? That have just come to the country and not understand, you know, the tax, the tax organization and understanding what's the hierarchy and what's, you know, the enforcement. One of them said to me, like, I didn't know. I didn't know there wasn't detectives. I didn't know. So I started to go through the process and actually I was looking at potentially paying them until I talked to someone and then they said, hey, no, 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 don't do that. Right. And then I know another person was actually at a store and was confused on what to buy. And the person was on the phone walking through what to buy. And he's like, I have to buy, you know, 15 of this. And then uh, a retailer person came over and goes and, and said, look, you know what? What are you trying to buy? Why are you trying to buy 10 of these? And they were aware of this scam. And I guess they've had m- m- uh, multiple people come in being scammed, trying to purchase, you know, these gift certificate or gift cards and being able to catch them and say, oh, no, no, don't do the hand of the phone. You know, let me explain what's going on. So I'm seeing with the financial scam, the CRA and the IRS scam, that more of the people that are, are newly landed or just new to the country might not know the internal workings of, you know, the CR, uh, Canadian Revenue Agency. So this is why, one, please do your research. If you get a call and you're not aware and you don't know what it is, hang up the, like, take the information, hang up the phone, and then do your own research. If it's the Canadian Re- uh, Revenue Agency, and they're calling you, which majority of times they won't call you. They'll normally send you a letter right? and then have a number that you call them. Uh, you can do an online search on Google, look at the Canadian Revenue Agency, get their actual official website, give them a call directly and say, okay, hold on. Did you did you call me? Is this is this valid? And then, you know, talk about, you know, the agent that called you and what's going on. And a lot of the times they'll say, you know, they'll validate if it's a real call or if it's just a scam. And then you can go forward because you validated that you're calling the right number. So the CRA, um, any inheritance scams. If you're not, if you're not, the best way to say is if you can't confirm it yourself that you know the family member, you know what's going on, that family member went overseas and, and passed away, or you have a direct connection. If you're trying to do research, get the information, take it back, and then go speak to like a lawyer, go speak to someone professional that can validate this is actually real. I, In my opinion, probably 99% of the times is a scam. Right? Some sort of scam trying to collect information, try to get information out of you. But again, like I said, if you want to go that, if you think it's valid, you assume it's valid, do your research. Right? And I would actually do, and let's kind of talk about the research. I would first do your research in the sense of contacting family members that might know that person right? to validate, you know, is there really uh, John Doe in the Middle East that passed away? Like, you know, do we know that one of our family members are there? 
And, and if you can't validate that way, then kind of look at how far you want to go down the rabbit hole. Because when you you go to a lawyer, you're going to have to hire them. You're going to have to pay for a retainer. Now, I use a way exaggerated, you know, false number of $250,000 US. I was just breaking the, the breaking the scammer's balls and seeing how far I could go on my side. But most lawyers are anywhere from $300 to $500 per hour, uh, depending on when you are in the lawyer. So, I mean, that will add up. So just be careful going that route. I don't want you to get, you know, spend money that you don't need to. You can always do a lot of research on Google, uh, YouTube. You can look at through the social sites uh, to find, you know, if there is family members. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else you could do. Uh, contact family, contact friends that you know that you can validate that. Okay, they, they can confirm that, that information. Um, so, yeah, just just be very careful. And it's sad to see in this day and age that these guys are taking advantage of people. And I remember the one scammer yesterday, uh, we were sitting there and I asked him, do you know what I do? Like, do you know my job? Like, how did you find me online? Oh, I, I just searched for your last name. And I'm like, okay, because it's your family. But I said, do you know what I do for a job? And then right there when he said, no, no, I don't know. I was like, okay, fine. Let, let me mess with him a bit. But that's me. And I shouldn't be doing that. I'll, I'll be honest. I do it for one for kind of provide value and information on my podcast and my videos so that you know what's going on. Also, it's a personal thing for me. I generally do it because I want to know. It's like more research for me. I want to know how far they'll go. I want to know what they're going to say to put me in, try to put me into a certain state, be it a fear state, be it an emotional state, you know, oh my God, you know, for example, a family member passed away and the, the kids are there and this and that. Like, are they going to try to really pull at my heartstrings to make me take action? You know, and what exactly they're going to say? Because when someone comes to me and says, look, hey, I think this is happening. I want to ha say, have they done this? Have they done that? Did they try this? Did they try that? And then go, oh my God, like, yeah, they were trying all that. Then this is potentially that. Hang up, collect the information, hang up, you know, write it down on a piece of paper. Uh, if you want to do research, then go do research. But yeah, stop that conversation with that person and only keep it only on like plain text uh, on the medium that they uh, contact you and don't provide any information. Right. Just say, look, you're researching or speaking to a professional and then speak to a professional and validate some of the things like one is the person working at the company that you're supposed to be getting, you know, the bank you're supposed to get inheritance at. And is it really that person? Because, I mean, who's going to if the, if it's an inheritance, are they going to really contact you through um, Skype or even like a, a networking site? Majority of the times they'll go through their due diligence of finding you. Uh, directly online they'll call you either they'll email you if you have your emails online they'll contact you through you know your phone number because most people's you know contact information is online and then there's they won't uh hinder a validation process if you want to get a lawyer involved and do and do anything like that they won't hinder that process what they'll do is they'll want you to confirm it because they, they it's their job on the line too they don't want to get in trouble that they're doing their process wrong i know uh, when a family member of mine passed away, uh, the steps that we had to take to validate their death certificate, um, what else, you know, death certificate, you know, kind of their estate, 
and their information, their financial records was a tedious process. And it was very step by step. And I, I value and appreciate how much we had to go through just to make sure everything was done properly. The thing is, is that, you know, in contrast, if it's not done, you know, that way in a, in a processed way, then you know, there's a challenge, there's a problem. Right? If someone's just going to give you $26 million, yeah, most of the time it's, it's a fraud, right? Unless you won the lottery or you have a rich uncle or a family member that's passed away and you inherited that, you know, majority of the time it's going to be a scam. So let's kind of recap on the, on this. So you've got phone scams, you got text scams and, and, uh, messaging scams you've got all different ones uh from click on this link to you know hey my family members sick in, in a different country they need five thousand dollars and i've actually seen this too where they say like you know your family member has been robbed right they've been robbed they've been hurt they're in the hospital and they really kind of look at you and kind of go my god like what's going on that one for for my example of that I would say if someone does that and you get in a kind of a stressful state, take a deep breath, you know, oh my God, let me, let me get this information. What hospital? What's this? You know, who's the doctor's name? Just try to get as much information as you can. And then, you know, what's the best number to call you back? Hang up and then call someone that knows that individual. Right? I found in some situations, there was one that someone asked me about uh, that they actually went through this process and they actually called the individual to find out they were actually at home, right? And the scammer was calling saying, and I can't remember, I'm just going to use Mexico. They were in Mexico and they, you know, they got in trouble and they got hurt at late at night and they're in the hospital and they needed emergency surgery. There was something wrong. It, you know, it was very critical. Uh, this is, you know, the medical f uh, facilitator calling. We need to get this done as soon as possible. You know, can you send us money because we need to pr proceed with this procedure? And, and they were like really pu putting like the heat on, the pressure on. And that person said, yeah, let me see what I can do. It was there. They were actually really great. They were very calm. Give me the information. Let me see what I can do and hang up the phone. I'll call you back. And the, the scammer, of course, didn't want to let them go, but he, he, they, they hung up, went, called the person directly and said, Hey, are you in Mexico? And like, no, I'm, I'm here. And like, okay, I just got a call. And they kind of went through the scenario. I went call from a, a medical facility saying that you're in there. And then, no, I'm, I'm actually in, you know, I'm at home. I'm, I haven't gone away. And I wasn't thinking about going to Mexico. And they kind of went through this kind of funny, you know, dialogue. But at the end of the story was the guy did the right thing by hanging up the phone and calling directly just to confirm that this person was, you know, at home or were they actually in Mexico and was there a potential issue? So, that's again something that's very important and and the great thing is and let's i'll take a step back the great thing is that guy never gave any information either he took all their information so so what's your name and they were trying to get his information too but he goes no sorry what's your what's your name and he kept redirecting redirecting sorry what's your name and your doctor doctor of what okay and what's the hospital and, and what's the phone number there and okay and this and what's the procedure he needs to have okay okay and then how much is it and then he's just writing down okay thank you so much I'll, I'll, call, I'll give you a call back and then he hangs up so never gave any information never proceed so if you ever get into a fear state or you ever get you know we're really kind of like is this real again collect as much information as you can all right, sorry, what's your name? What's your phone number? What company do you work for? What's, you know, 
and what's this concerning? Okay. Right. Okay. Right. And then write it all down and then boom. Thank you so much. I'll give you a call back and then hang up and then do your research. Be either, you know, call the individual, research the company, research the scenario, the situation, whatever that may be. It just is one of those ways that, you know, you want to protect yourself. You want to make sure that's not a real valid situation, but you also want to protect yourself that you're not compromising yourself by one of the two things. One, giving information via, like live on the phone or being recorded saying something that they can utilize later. All right. And again, just a recap that they can use for calling your service providers, you know, Bell, Rogers, um, be it your internet, cable, your phone. Try and think about your, your hydro, your electricity, anything along that line. And I've heard that. Like I heard one one friend of mine uh, that I went to high school, they walk through their whole profile doing that. Uh, and that's from their their cable, their TV, um, what else? Their cell phones, some of their bills. Because once they compromised one, they got more information. And... I was using Rogers as an example. I know this happens frequently to them. They got compromised and Rogers, the challenge of the of Rogers in this example is this is back and forth battle that this hacker, from my understanding, what they did was they took over the whole account and they put their name, their email address, everything on that. And so when the actual valid user of the account uh, called in, they're like, well, this is not your account anymore. Uh, it's actually been transferred over. And they're like, no, it hasn't. I'm here. And so they had to do this back and forth. And it took months from, from my understanding. And I don't know to what extent they got resolved. I know the police got involved. I know uh, the hackers that were were actually compromising this family. Uh, some of them actually think got charged. But this story, going back to what I'm, I'm saying, is that these guys will go to any extent to compromise you if they really want to do it. So just be careful, be mindful. And I'm not trying to get like the tinfoil hat here and, and kind of scare you, but I want you to be mindful and aware. This is to empower you to kind of go, okay, what's going on? What's happening on, online? So I'm aware. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about, which was something that has been coming up more and more for me is on social media, being compromised on social media. And I'm going to really validate this when it comes to something that's coming up right now is mental health. And it's extremely important to look after your mental health and your well-being. And I believe that, you know, you got to look at your physical health, what you eat, exercise, get out in the sun, you reduce your stress, you know, have great relationships around you for that's friends, family members along that line, and really have a kind of a best of, of a positive environment that you can around you to keep your mental health and everything strong, right? And be healthy. The next is when people go on social media and look at their mindset. And I heard this on TikTok before I went away was uh, someone on TikTok was getting cyber bullied and they actually ended up, and it was an older uh, older guy in relative terms of he wasn't 13 to 18 from my understanding he was older than that like he's an adult and they were getting cyber bullying and they just couldn't handle it and ended up committing suicide which is a sad thing like this is uh, terrible that someone would you know feel that they didn't have a support or an out to be able to talk about it, to 
not have another alternative. And I talk about this and I bring this up is because so many people go on social media to get self-esteem, self-worth, get recognition, uh, feel significant. Uh, I know I see it time and time again where people are going and trying to present this lifestyle, this who they want to be, not who they are. And the challenge comes out to is they never really get grounded on who their true self is and being compromised. And why I'm talking about this on a security is when trolls come up, you know, cyber bullies come up and people start to kind of harass them or question them or leave rude comments. It really affects their psyche. The, creator of the content, the person of that channel, it really uh, affects their psyche and affects their self-worth and can lead to, you know, depression, uh, can lead to challenges that they're running to and when talking about mental health, kind of can go that, down that route. So my recommendation is if you are looking at doing social media for significance, for validation, for who you are, rethink that 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 process that strategy if you're going to because you have a message because you have something you're passionate about something that you're really excited about do that make make that your goal make that your focus and any negative comments and let's validate this any negative comments that don't provide value so I've had negative comments where people go like, hey, Brandon, you know what? You should do this and make your video better. I could take that on as negative, but truly that's constructive feedback that's going to only make me better. And I I accept those and I have a strong enough self-worth that I know that's only going to help me. If someone comes on here and, and comments below and says, you're an asshole, you know, your information's stupid, whatever that may be, I don't care. I really don't. And that's because I've developed my self-worth and self-esteem enough that I know I'm doing my best. I'm providing as much content and, and creativity and doing my research and just really getting out there. And my passion's about cybersecurity. My passion's about providing value. My passion's about that. And if someone doesn't like it, then they don't like it. And if they've taken the time to vent their frustrations of what's going on with me, there's probably something going on with them. Right? meaning that they're frustrated, they're upset what's going on in their lives, and I'm just an outlet for them. And one of the stories that I was told, which I really resonate with, is there was a guy that was seeing a, a monk, and he was visiting this monk, and the monk was sitting up kind of on his, you know, his, you know, area, and he was sitting there just, you know, welcoming people, being, you know, uh, generous answering questions that people might have. And this one gentleman came up and started swearing at him and he was frustrated at the monk and he was kind of swearing them. And the monk said to him, you know, I don't accept your gift. You know, and the guy's like, what are you talking about? I didn't give you a gift. You know, you're just, I just don't believe in your process. And he's swearing at him. He's yelling at him. Whatever. And he goes, monk's just sitting there all nice and calm and goes, I don't accept your gift. If I don't accept your gift, that means that it's still yours to keep. So your anger, your frustrations, the things that you're talking about are still yours to keep. So if you can think of that way, and just to clarify this so you under, and so it makes sense, right? you probably understand it, but I'm just going to clarify it for some people that might be kind of going, what? If someone 
swears at you, yells at you, calls you names, posts stuff online, and you don't accept it, it's up to them to to keep that energy, right? Keep that that uh, negativity, and you don't have to accept it. You don't have to accept it into your being. You don't have to accept it into your 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 person. You just don't have to let it come in. You can actually one delete it. You can ignore it. You can laugh at it. You can make jokes of it with your friends, right? Your true friends and, and colleagues, and you can just let it go. The reason why I say that is because the more exposure you get to negative comments, the more you take it in, the more it's going to start to play with your mind. You're going to start questioning. And I've seen this time and time again. And having a background in holistic lifestyle coaching and a little bit of psychology, you notice that once you let a thought in and you let it resonate, all of a sudden you start to your subconscious mind starts to think, am I really not good enough? Am I, am I really doing something bad? You know, maybe I could have done it better. Maybe I should have said it that way. And also now you get this internal dialogue that's going that's really not true. Right? You have to ask yourself, you know, some true questions. One, you know, was it as best I can? No, I can always improve. I can always learn. Okay, perfect. You know, that's something I'm striving for. I, I'm happy with that. I'm always learning, I'm always evolving. Okay, perfect. Was he really mad? And did I do something that made that person upset? You know what? If I did, I didn't do it intentionally. And let me look back. No, I didn't. I didn't do anything intentionally to say, you know, something, whatever, X to upset that person. So if they're upset, that's up to them. Let them hold on to that. And then could I learn from the situation? Yeah, I can learn to improve my dialogue. I can learn to improve, improve my message. I can do all that. Okay, perfect. From that situation, then now all you do is to evolve. You evolve from that. And I bring that up and talking about scamming and, and, you know, kind of bring this to why cybersecurity, you got to protect yourself online, be it what you say, what you do, how you protect yourself, how you protect your, your person online. And this just one area when it comes to cyber bullying and, and taking in information from, you know, your audience, from your viewers, you have to learn how to protect yourself and have a team beside you or around you that's going to help you when you're like, hold on, that kind of upset me. Okay. And I mean, talk to them. Don't talk to your audience. Don't talk to your people. Talk to the, and I mean, the people online. Talk to, you know, your friends that are physical. You know, hang on, you know, stop your video, stop the live thing, you know, call them on the phone, go out for lunch with them and say, hey, look, I had a, a comment on my post, my, my image, my video, my audio. And they said this and it really kind of threw me for a loop. And then what do you think? And let them give you, you know, their honest feedback and help you through that. This is the only way you're going to be able to be stronger because stronger and healthier mentally is because you let it go. You work through it with people that you can trust. Right? That's why for me, I have colleagues around me and really good friends that if something ever threw me off, I would call them and say, hey, look, you know what? Today I've been thinking X. Right. And this is what's going on. And with that going on, is there is there any validity to it? Or is it something that it's 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 just there? I think it's just them, but I want to know if there's something I need to work on. Majority of the time they'll they'll give me, you know, really great feedback. You know what, you did say it this way, you might want to change it. Or they'll go, you know what? I don't know what they're looking at. I saw your video. I didn't I actually have questions about this other thing. I didn't know that, you know, this was going on. 
and then we'll have another dialogue and it just makes me understand, okay, I got to let this go and, you know, keep working my team and keep doing that. I bring that up because I'm seeing this time, time and time again about different people in different areas right across the world. Doesn't matter where you are of people coming online with the expectation of building up significance, building up recognition, bringing up their self-esteem and self-worth on social media. Your, your, uh, Jada Pickett Smith made a great comment in one of her red tables that I saw was, no one can make you happy. It's up to you to make yourself happy and do the things that make you happy. So, and what does that mean? If you love doing videos, do videos. If you love putting out content, put out content, right? Do that. If that's what you love to do, do that. And don't let anyone else, you know, influence you. Don't let the, your audience influence you of to stop or the negativity. Let them influence you to become better if there's things that they'll recommend and improve. Like, hey, you know what? Better lighting, better camera. Hey, you know, have you ever thought about this microphone? It would sound better. Whatever that may be to help you improve, right? Or, hey, want, do you want to, I've heard this a lot for myself is there's a topic that I'd like you to discuss. Um could you discuss a little bit more and go in more detail? Perfect. Thank you so much for the feedback. That helps me. But if it's negative, again, first, let it go. You know, step back. You know, let your team in, your local team, your local friends, whatever. Let them in. Talk to them directly. Don't think you're alone. And if you're doing this, and here's another, you know, caveat to it. If you are kind of alone on this, Find groups online. Um, I'll give an example. There's tons of podcaster groups on Facebook. Go in that group and say, hey, look, I've had this negative comment. Or even look at a post where they might have already been talking about this scenario. I've had a negative comment. I don't know what to do with it. I really need your help. Can someone you know, just provide me some feedback? And just watch what people are saying. Some, some people will say, look, just delete it. Ignore it. Yeah, don't worry about some will give some motivation, you know, don't worry, we all get it, like whatever that may be. And you'll realize that you're not alone. You're not by yourself. You might feel like you're by yourself because, for example, I'm filming right now in this room by myself, looking at this camera, talking this microphone, and I'm, I'm by myself. But you're not. You have a team, you have people, you have friends around that want to support you, want to help you. Even, and something Tim Ferriss said, is even your amazing followers that are your diehards and I have them. And I want to say that right now, the guys that I have that are diehards that just follow me, no matter what I do, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Those guys will provide great feedback and, and really kind of give you some insight and help you be better. So you, like I said, you have it all over. You have people really kind of helping you and wanting to, you to succeed because this world's about being abundance, being safe, protecting yourself, all right, and this is why, for me, doing cybersecurity and talking about security, it's really passion for me is really to help people protect themselves, be educated, understand what's going on, have an awareness of, you know, their surroundings and, and their environment and what they're doing with technology and all that great things, but also just be happy and joyful in what you do. I think that's so key. Right, this life is short. You gotta be, you know, you gotta be safe and you gotta, you know, love what you do. So I'm going to just do a recap of, of kind of what's going on this coming week or actually in the next couple of weeks. I've got two interviews coming up. Uh, I talked to someone this morning. Uh, it's 
a consultant that does pen testing. I've got uh, Scott Schober. Uh, just give me a second here. Just want to make sure. I'm uh, just looking at his book right now. It is uh, Cybersecurity in Everyone's Business and Hackers Again. He's going to be an amazing interview. I think I'm interviewing him in the week, first first or second week of February. So again, I'm interviewing more and more people, try, trying to provide more value, and I'm really excited about uh, this podcast and what's going on with it. So I'm going to end there. Uh, thank you so much. Just make sure you stay safe on your phone, online, through text, you name it. Just be aware of the scams and everything's out there. So don't forget, software is hackable, being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next podcast.